Ohio people with Mennonite views, and they're gonna give us some missional news. Ohio Conference Cast. You are listening to Ohio Conference Cast a podcast dedicated to sharing missional stories and other information about Ohio Mennonite Conference. Here are your hosts, Thomas Dunn and Bill Seymour. Well, welcome everyone to our final Ohio Conference podcast. Well, no, it's not our final podcast. It's Jessica's final podcast. By the way, that's Thomas and I'm Bill, and we're here with Jessica Schrock-Ringenberg, who's leaving. Sorry, guys. It is sad. We're crying. So we're all in our (laughs) subdued voices today. We're recording before an Ohio Conference missional training. And Thomas and Bill made me leave at 5.30 this morning. So, <laughs> so we're, true. If we're, Jessica seems subdued, it's their fault. <laughs> there we're, we go. We're not complaining because it was closer to us than to her, so we didn't have to wake up as early. Right, that's true. And that sound you may hear is the wind rushing through the leaves in this scenic park in Mansfield, Ohio. That's right, and there's the occasional bird chirping and cicada humming, and so we're sorry, Norm. <laughs> and a car may drive past every once Yeah, we're recording so early that the library is not open. We should get paid for this, by the way. <laughs> for coming this early. Somebody should bring us coffee. Yeah. Somebody should. So, Jess, why is this your last podcast with us? Well, as of um, last week, I can now tell people my husband bought a Heating and air conditioning business in Excelsior Springs, Missouri, which is Ex- just Excelsior. Yeah, Excelsior. Is there cool. an X in there? E X C E L S I O R. It's actually uh, it's actually a so town. So it's spelled wrong, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me figure that. Jessica spells is the name of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and it broke. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, actually, it's a town that's built around um, a bunch of fresh springs, and it's been known for its healing waters. And so the spring, the one spring in particular, is actually called Salome, which I absolutely mm. love. Isn't that cool. beautiful? Nice. So, uh, like, isn't elixir? Is that, yeah, is, yeah. So it's a play off that word? Yeah, and it's, it's supposedly this... Um, when this town was founded, like this was a, a remedy for tuberculosis, and so, mm. and a woman from our church actually came up to me on Sunday and said, "Hey, I remember when I was a child, when I was still at home, my dad and my uncle actually went there for like over a month to um, for medical stuff." Wow. Yeah. So I was like, "Wow, that's kind of crazy." So is it spelled like elixir, or is that just how can- no, Kansas it's and Excelsior? It's really it's about thirty minutes from downtown Kansas City, so. At convention time, we're having a party at our house for all of you minnows because there's like no minnows around there. So yeah, we'll bring the minnows to Excelsior Springs. So there will cool. be something to look forward to yes. next summer. You're coming to our house. All right, pool party. <laughs> all invited. Shem and Jessica's. Yep, it'll be fun. So maybe cool. we can do a podcast there, and that won't be the last podcast with Jess. Oh, that'd be no, cool. No, I don't know. Uh-uh. No, okay. no, no. Once you leave no. Ohio Conference, we don't we're podcast That's anymore. That's right. We'll, we'll we'll bring the bag and we'll put it in front of you. <laughs> to taunt you but you can't we'll be interview honest. someone else can't while you watch in else front of me at your house yeah that's right <laughs> so Shem is doing HVAC yes and what how about yourself well right now I am his employee and I almost quit last night but <laughs> <laughs> that was officially my first day of working for him and I was we, we were you know um, 
a little stressed out and uh, <laughs> trying to do something at dis- at a distance. He moved there last week, so he's been oh. well, and he's been kind of off and on about the, gone the last two weeks. So we're a little stressed out in our household. <laughs> um, my last day at Zion was on Sunday, and okay. uh, so my job now is to pack up the house, sell the pigs. See, the pigs got in. Pigs got in. Sell the pigs and uh, move September 25th is our move-in date. So maybe if Andy Stoner is listening, our marriage and family counselor, he can he can step yeah. in. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And, so cool. yeah, that, that's probably going to be a necessity <laughs> if he's going to be my boss. <laughs> We're going to need to have like a, a marriage counselor on retainer. Yeah. But is, is that the plan? That, I mean, so no, as far as pastoral well, ministry or things like that? I have no idea what I'll do. Um, okay. I'm trusting God will take good care of me, and I plan on practicing what I preach. Right, so that's the question. How are you going to be missional in the HVAC world? Actually, to me, it seems pretty easy. That's the whole concept of planting a missional community, reaching out to the people who aren't going to go to normal church. That's what I plan on doing. Cool. I, don't, I don't know what that looks like. I get to start, so do you that's have pretty a, exciting. You, you have a house yes. there picked out? Yep. Okay. So is it in a neighborhood? Yes, it's in a. It's actually in town, which you know, I I don't like living in town, but it's going to be. It's a nice neighborhood, half a mile from the school, so it's cool. Where you'll be connected. If you're going to be missional, it makes it a lot easier if you have neighbors. This is true. <laughs> close, this is true. Close by. Yeah. Yeah. And, and since I don't have pigs, nobody will come and see me. So. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, so how long have you been here at Ohio Conference then? 14 years. Isn't yeah. that amazing? Yeah. I think we started about the same time, didn't we? Yeah, I started well, in 2006. So I'm, well, I came oh, in okay. in 2004. 2000, yeah, 2004. Yeah. That's the same. Yeah. yeah. So it's been a long time. Yeah, I can remember... Way back when, I think one of my first things when I was a youth pastor, we met somewhere. Bucyrus, out, I think. Is it Bucyrus? Like there's some, no, there was some house oh. that some church owned. It was like a youth oh, house. Yeah. And Wayne and Wayne Nitchy was there. Or maybe it was Darren his Nisley yeah. and, um, and like, Joe the, Troyer. Yeah, like yeah. here are the Ohio Conference Youth Pastors. And like, oh, Jessica oh. and Thomas oh. reminisce right here on Ohio Conference. It was yeah. amazing. Yeah. I think that's when Joe first found out he was getting Brennan. That's yeah, how it was long right ago back it was. in those days. Yeah, that was a long time ago. That was a while back. Yeah. So that's a lot of name dropping. Yeah, them. there you go. <laughs> so wow, someone can look Edit back. As you may. So if you haven't been around Ohio Conference for that long, we're sorry because that <laughs> no, meant nothing to any. Well, of you. Darren Nisley's still um, on staff at Ohio Conference, mm-hmm. or and he, I mean, Joe's well, still around. He's 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 uh, in the area. He's yeah. in the area. Yeah. yeah. So those are good yeah. names to know. You should look those guys. You up. You should look those guys up. No, but I'm I'm really excited. So um, when I my last exponential training was in New York City of all places, and that was soon after we decided that Kansas City was where we would like to move. Mm-hmm. At that training, like there were over seven of the trainers, the faculty people there. Um, I'm trying to actually I'm trying to count as I'm thinking of that, but like the vast majority of them were from Kansas City. <laughs> Okay, and so to be able to connect, I mean, I feel like I have a network to connect into yeah. and plug into. Well, weren't, as I go weren't in. the guys that came to the One Ohio Conference? Yeah, Brad Briscoe's there. Yeah, I remember some Kansas connection. Yeah. yeah, Lance Ford, I think, has since moved, but Brad Briscoe will be there, and he's a part of my five Q training cohort. Maybe I'm adding him to my seven. That's probably <laughs> why. I was trying to do the counting in my head real fast, but so I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. So what are you going to miss about Ohio Conference? Man, it's just now getting fun. <laughs> I mean, I think for me, it's uh, just getting to know the phenomenal 
pastors. They're great people in Ohio Conference. Mm-hmm. And there's a great momentum right now. And so I am actually, I am really sad about leaving Ohio Conference at this point. Um, I think you guys are heading in the right direction. Yeah, it'll be hard to say goodbye. Although I'm going to continue to meet with the Ohio Conference cohort that meets with Marvin Lorenzana. So I'll connect and I'll continue to work with the Missional Task Force just because I'm going to need some mental space. (laughs) You know, not work in an HVAC place and, you know, connect with my colleagues. That'll be nice. Yeah. And I think you have a lot to do with the the momentum that's happening now. And so right. we, we, we want to thank you for all the energy and the years that you've put into it. Yeah. It's great to see where we're at. And there's a lot of work to be done yet. But yeah, you've you've certainly played a big role in that. So we appreciate yeah. that. And I think one of the huge things that I had, I had hoped for uh, when this whole concept of the mission leader had come about, um, one of the things that I still strongly believe is that it can't just be one person. And so in my dream of dreams, I thought it would be wonderful if we could have a variety of trained leaders from both sides of the state to be able to facilitate leading these things. And right now, Corbin Bushart, he has participated in several of these trainings with me, and he will be going through the second year of Exponential with me. Mm -hmm. And Jamie Rye on the east side of the state has been accepted into the Exponential training. And so we will have those two people, both sides of the state represented in being trained for missional leadership. So I'm pretty excited about that. So I think that was the hope and it's happening sooner than I had expected, but mm-hmm. it's exciting. So you're in the midst of the missional trainings. That's kind of your last big project with Ohio Conference. Tell us a little bit about how that's going and where that's going and where the process is. Well, uh, the first training was based on like, how do you, how do you work your existing traditional church towards missional? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and just kind of the slow process that that is, it's not a magic bullet and it's not a church growth strategy. And I think that's one of the the biggest pieces, um, I think we need to know about missional church. That was the first training. The second training is about leadership development. And for Bill and Thomas, who haven't been through the training yet, spoiler uh, alert. I was at the first one in Canton. Oh no, this is the second training is about leadership development. The paradigm shift in leadership development for missional church is that you don't start with a program and look for a leader to fill it. You start with a person who has leadership capabilities, Hmm. and you grow them into capable leaders, and then you find out what they're passionate about, and then you let them go. Hmm. And so it's it's not a programmatic-based leadership. It's a person-based leadership. And and so that's what we're going to be talking about today. And then that's where you get your missional communities, is not everybody's called to the same kind of community. So how do we just find the leaders grow them, and then send them to the community they most likely would relate to. So I've got a question, and I'll just throw this out there. I get the distinction or the the privilege to sit at ministry development team meetings where both Ralph and Cliff Brubaker submit reports. And so we read, read some of our regional pastor reports, and both of them are saying, we have I don't want to say a crisis, but, a, but a, a, an issue that we certainly need to be aware of, of leadership development is that our traditional pipeline for pastoral supply is continuing to dwindle. Like uh, There's just not many MDivs. It's not like they can't be hired. There's just not many people getting that degree. And so they're saying, like, we need to look at leadership development. And I hear you talking about leadership development, but I think these are two very different things. Is what you're talking about probably aren't people that we can just plug into Church Church. X. Like, hey, Zion's got an opening. We need to hire somebody. Well, and I would say, quite frankly, the way the church is now, you have the leaders you need for the church's inside those churches. Mm-hmm. You just have to be able, because those type of leaders, you're talking about your shepherds and your teachers. 
You just need to find ways of empowering them to maintain the church. That's what you mm-hmm. want. You just want maintenance people for the church. To put it crassly, I mean, that sounds crass, but, but that's really what a, a pastor is expected to just keep, keep things, keep people taken care of, teach them, preach them, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, missional leadership calls for a different kind of leader. You also need the shepherds and teachers in missional leadership, but that kind of leadership, um, well, actually, I mean, in both cases, it's, it's a matter of recognizing that every single person in your church is given a gift that should be used for the glory of God. And mm-hmm. so some of those people inside your church will be trained to take care of the church, and some of those people will be trained to plant a missional community. And I, I think it's not a matter of a seminary degree. Sorry, seminaries, but I don't think I don't think you need a seminary degree to do what God has mm-hmm. called people to do. <laughs> so I hear you saying the current paradigm it's, is shifting and going it's away. It's crumbling. Like we, we just instead of looking for ways to supplement our pipeline, we should look at like the end of the pipeline and say a, a pastor to run a church is not the answer. Well, and that's exactly the paradigm shift is it's no longer a pipeline; it's mm-hmm. people. So what we have a tendency to think about is. We have the Sunday morning service that we need somebody to do. We have Sunday school classes that we need taught. We have all of these different things. Who are the people to fill those spots? Mm-hmm. And missional church leadership development says, who are you? What are you passionate about? And how do we tap into that passion and grow you into the leader to fulfill whatever God's calling you to do? And it might be maintaining a community within a church. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be reaching out to the people next door. But how does that jive with a lot of the language now? And what ACA will be focused on, maybe you can come back for that, uh, is like the legacy church versus the missional church plant. And so Ralph and Cliff basically are legacy church maintainers. I mean, that's their job is to be pastors to pastors who are pastoring legacy churches. And their job is to find pastors for legacy churches. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough question. So basically saying the pipeline isn't going to exist in the future. Pipeline's not helpful. Not Not helpful. <laughs> But yet, if we want to continue to have legacy churches, we need something. Man, Do we want to continue brain. to have legacy churches? That's the question. Are legacy churches really fulfilling the purpose in which God had for churches in the first place? That's where I disturb you. Well, Jacob Dotson <laughs> says yes, because we had him, it was it a podcast or I was just talking to him, he's saying legacy churches have a role. Yes. Well, and that's what we heard at the Scent Conference with Mission Network in May was that legacy churches can plant forward, can remember forward, I think, was mm-hmm. was the way. Okay, so I, I want to push back on you a little bit, Jessica. Um, so in my congregation, for example, there was a person who was feeling called and passionate about a ministry. We have tried at Orville to have that philosophy of saying, hey, we have a person, they're called, and let's empower them and help them and support them to do that. Well, so then three years after this new missionally sort of thing, and it was a missionally thing, now feels like a structural piece that we have to maintain. Mm-hmm. So how does the missional church, especially as this person feels called to do something else now, mm-hmm. so now we have people who were relying and counting and included in this ministry thing, and now we feel like, well, that's now another role we have to fill. So how does... More how gifts does, discernment slates to fill. Exactly, well, right. So, exactly. so in some sense, missional thinking will just lead back to that pipeline. Well, that's if you think that you have to keep things alive forever. And I think our culture, we have this nursing home complex. Uh, 
we do it with our churches too. It ages. It is no longer vital. We keep it alive because we hate to see things die. And that's not at all what we're called to do. I mean, I think that we are called to be faithful and to notice there's a time and a season for everything. And when the season has run out, we celebrate and say this was a successful piece for this time period and we celebrate it and we let it go. <laughs> and I think that that's, we just need to recognize there's, there's, no, there's no ministry that was started in the first church that's continuing institutionalized ministry that's still going on today. No program. <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> they program. didn't start a program in, in, you know, the Jerusalem church that we're yeah, still running. That somebody's trying to fill the slates for. I mean, I don't think that's what it's called to be. I think we need to change our mentality that somehow this is forever. <laughs> Whatever we start has to be forever. As a youth pastor, you know that you do one thing one time, it becomes tradition because those kids have been in church for they're only there for four years and so anything's a tradition after it's done once and i think the whole church kind of has that oh sure we do way of, yeah hey we did that once let's do it and again maybe not just it was church that's human nature human yeah. sure like we but it's not just a program like you know if we say okay this person isn't it, this isn't their thing anymore they're not feeling led to continue to do this no one else is doing and so we drop this thing and maybe some people don't get fed or some people don't get served and ministered to that's a little different than maintaining a program of singing or a program of, you know, a certain sort of inner function. It's not as easy just to say, well, yeah, we can end that and celebrate it when there's also a bit of mourning because there are people who aren't being loved and served in that way now whom we wouldn't connect with another way. Mm-hmm. Now, I suppose you're, well, I'll let you give me the answer. Instead of me <laughs> give guessing. us the answer, Jessica. <laughs> I'm not sure if there's an answer. <laughs> I suppose my question is, like, how do we develop leaders who are able to just find their passion because you can't milk a dry cow? (laughs) And I think that you, for many of our churches, we have these wonderful programs for the same reason. We don't want to see them die because good things are happening. But if nobody has the passion for it, there's a high burnout rate. And and I think the churches burn out right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's our lack of engagement. That's our lack, you know, people just ha- don't have the energy to maintain the huge infrastructures that were built when we were 300 people, but now we are smaller. Yeah. And we still feel responsible for running church like we did when we were 300, 400, 500. I think that's just, we got to let things die. Mm-hmm. We're resurrection people. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Well, I think the flip, I agree with you 100% because that drives with my personality. But I think the flip side that I need to remind myself from time to time is like, you can't just run off like what you're excited about. Like, there comes a time where you're less excited, but you like, I started this, I committed to this, I need to stick with this. Yeah. So that you, you can't just, can't just follow your passion all the time. Well, but, and the interesting thing is, uh, in the 5Q training that I'm doing right now, uh, explain 5Q. 5Q is the Alan Hirsch, um, Apest, Apostle, Prophet, Evangelist, Shepherd, Teacher. So I'm so training each, with exponential. each one of those things is a Q. So we went from like the acronym Apest to like yeah. Q, 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 Q. Like, it's like an IQ. It's like, uh, a, it's, okay. it's a system. But um, the, the 5Q training that I'm doing with Apest, interestingly enough, a lot of the people who are part of that, the apostolic people coming from church planting groups, say... Um, that they're equally having a hard time having church planters be sustainable because they lack the shepherd teacher maintenance people who are just good at just keeping things status quo. And so 
there needs to be that balance. The apostles, like you and I, Thomas, we want to go. We want to like start new. We take risks. This is what we do. We're really good at just moving on. And but we need the people to come behind us to t- kind of take care of what we start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's not an either or. It's not an apostle who just starts things new all the time, you also need to develop those leaders behind you, the shepherds and the teachers, who will be able to take care of the things that you start and then move on. You need maintenance workers. Those aren't bad. You just Mm -hmm. can't have all maintenance workers. And you can't have apostolic people working maintenance. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't work that way. Burnout. That's (laughs) what happens with burnout. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for all your podcast episodes. Yes. Man. Are our most podcasted person, I think. So far. So far. So yep. far. So that, that, yep. that somebody's going to take it. may Some, not last Someone too long. will catch up. Yep. Yeah. We've already laid out that challenge to a person. Uh-oh. Tell me who it is. Well, we can't tell you who it is. Oh, okay. Well, although well, we, by we probably the time can, this yeah. podcast comes out, our new conference minister okay. will be known, and so it, dun, is, dun, dun. It, is, uh, it is that person's... Job to beat me. Job to beat you to the <laughs> number of podcasts. Yeah. It's part of their job description. Yeah, they will actually get paid to do that. So. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, thank you for the 14 years here. Uh, it's been good working with you, podcasting with you, and we yes. will certainly miss you. Yes, uh, we will, personally and professionally. Yeah. Likewise, likewise. So long. Ohio people with Mennonite views And they're gonna give us some missional news Ohio Conference Cast Thank you for listening to another edition of Ohio Conference Cast. We would love to hear from you. Our email is ohioconferencecast at gmail.com Ohio Conference Cast is brought to you by the Ohio Conference Leadership Team, along with Norm Sohar, Sound Engineer, Megan Sohar, VoiceOver, Ann Lehman, Publisher, and our many guests and listeners. <laughs>